All right, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Crack Pit Podcast. And today I have a very special guest. I have Veronica Bennett on with me today. And Veronica is a relationship coach and an NLP coach. So Veronica, welcome to this episode. Thank you so much, Damien. And um, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast today. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, Veronica, I probably came across you first um, on Facebook and through your Facebook groups and posts you would put up and all kind of information based on relationships. But can you give our listeners a little bit of your background? Like how did this become your profession? Yes, absolutely. So my background is Sri Lankan and um, traditional parents, they want their child to become a lawyer, a doctor or an accountant. And so I went off and I studied business at Monash and that wasn't really for me. And at the time I was with the partner um, and we were together for about 10 years and we were getting engaged and I cheated on him and I'll be really open about it. The intimacy wasn't there and I didn't know the strategies in order to go and speak to someone or have that conversation or how to spice up our sex life. And um, anyway, so that relationship dissolved. And then from that, I went and dated another man where he's the father of my children. And what I realized with that relationship is that didn't work. Our, our values weren't aligned. And so when I went back to, okay, I'd studied business, I'd bought a cafe, I had a recruitment company, a um, bit of background. And then I went on a personal development journey and I became a meditation teacher and an integrative nutritionist. And I uh, did a lot of Tony Robbins programs, Dr. Joe Dispenza. And then I became an NLP trainer and I worked with uh, some of the best relationship coaches over the last two years before I decided to start studying counseling. And from all of this, I became a relationship coach because I wanted, I've never been married and I want to be married to one person for the rest of my life. But there's a few areas that we're not talking about, which is why divorce is so high and which is why a lot of people are cheating on their partners, but no one's speaking about it. Okay. Okay. So yeah, there you go. That's, that's how it all started. But so what was the trigger for you to kind of start digging into the relationship side of things? Because you said there you had a like 10 year relationship and you cheated in that relationship, but what was it? What, what point along the journey were you like, okay, I want to look into relationships and I want to help people with relationships. Because I realized when I started going on my own therapy journey with my um, partner, with my ex-partner at the time, we went and saw a normal therapist and she did a few things with us, but she didn't give us any strategies. And if I knew what I knew now, you could save a lot of relationships. Not saying that that was right, but if you're more in alignment, a lot of relationships can be saved. And that's really what then drew me to, okay, this is my mission. How can I help people? How can I have the challenging conversations or tell people to have these conversations while they're dating before it's too late? Because society doesn't allow us or hasn't told us to go and ask someone, what is your intimacy like? How do you spend money? What type of parent do you want to be? What sort of relationship do you want with your, my in-laws, your in-laws? What's okay? What's not okay? What's playful? All of it. We're not taught any of that. We're just told to communicate. Correct. But we don't even have the right strategies to communicate, which is why a lot of the time when people are communicating, one person's talking in Chinese and then the other person's talking in Italian. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Mm. Cause that's, that's all like I, in a relationship I was in and that too, uh, only recently 
we seen a couples counselor as well and I, we found her very good and i found what the couple what the counselor actually done for both of us is she laser pointed her her direction or her her missile heat seeking missile to both of our stuff our, our our own issues and it got in there and it exploded and it was very confronting for both of us and it, we went there kind of like okay we're going to work on stuff together but it ended up we had to work on our own shit now we're, we're, that relationship didn't work out and you know it's okay it, that's okay now but for both of us i think it was the start for me definitely it was the start of a bit of a uh-huh right there's stuff here that and there was even when i look back at previous relationships i was like oh that is why this stuff is happening and constantly happening Correct. So every partner that we're with is a projection of our unconscious and conscious mind. A lot of us have parental wounds, mother wounds, father wounds. We have patterns. We haven't healed those patterns or we've avoided those relationships. And then they play out in our relationships and all our deepest fears on an unconscious level come to the surface for resolution. So depending on what shit you've got in you or what you've experienced in your past, even though the past doesn't equal the future, it comes up for resolution. And most of the time, you know, uh, when we when I work with people, um, first of all, in NLP uh, relationship coaching, um, the fundamental rule is each party has to take 100% responsibility. So if they're like, oh, I'm 50%, you're 50%, it's like, nah, because you're not at cause, because we talk about cause and effect. And effect is like all the reasons and causes results. So for example... I can give you all the, oh, so a lot of people have problems around intimacy, but they don't talk about it. And so some men or women like to have sex, say, three or four times a week. Other, someone else might want it once a fortnight, right? So we've got to find then uh, equilibrium. And then the person that's living at effect will be like, oh, honey, I'm tired or not tonight or I don't feel like it, but the partner might want it. So it's about being at cause and being like, all right, babe. I can't do this right now or I don't feel like it right now, but can we have it um, tomorrow morning? And then sticking to that commitment. And then you're building trust in the relationship. But this cause and effect is like in every area of your life. It's like if you don't go to the gym and you're like, oh, but it was raining or I didn't go for a walk, it was raining. That's just living at effect. Because if you really wanted it, you'd go out and do it. And that's the same in relationships. Yeah, giddy up. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's, it's coming down to, again, like, saying saying what it is for you really isn't it that's what you're kind of getting to there it's yeah correct and even with like having the conversation a lot of people argue around money what does that look like someone might want to be spending money on expensive clothing handbags and the guy might be like my value is for us to save and buy a house and and she's just like oh but you know i want to do this this i want to get my nails done or whatever or vice versa the well the values aren't aligning and if you're we fundamentally all have values in every area of our life health wealth intimacy connection communication in every area depending on our value structure will depend on you might have two people that value work but one is fun is their number one priority on the value list and the other person is um say what your um, commitment or dedication. So if you've got someone that's like work has to be fun and the other person's like, I want to be committed, those values are not going to be speaking to one another. So a lot of the time couples need their values in alignment. And you a lot of the time individually, we need to know our own values in areas and be brave enough to speak up about it or say to someone, you're not right for me and that's okay because someone else will be better suited to you. Yeah. 
And now a question for you. Okay, you have a couple that come come to you, and maybe they're unsure of their own values. How would you help someone, or nego- or like basically direct someone into like, you know, solidifying their own values? Because I'm sure some people are listening. They're like, oh yeah, well, I have values about this, but maybe they're they're not specific enough. So we do something in NLP called values hierarchy, where we go into the specific area we. Um, align all the values and then re-elicit the values according to the order that they want them in. So that is something that can be done. But if a couple wasn't able to do that, just even having a conversation about, all right, in when it comes to, because um, this is the topic of relationships, like communication, what is important to you and what's the value around that? Honesty, integrity, saying what you're going to do. Well, the other person's like, oh, I want, um, I want laughter. I want uh, lightful, uh, playfulness. So having those conversations and saying, okay, well, this, can we make this our number one? And we're both coming from that place. And if, if you're not able to do that, then have that conversation around that. Because at the end of the day, if your values aren't aligning, you're never going to be growing together. And at some point, the relationship will die. You know, majority of people, because I saw your physiology when I mentioned that I cheat, but majority of people do cheat. We don't go into the intention of saying, hey, I want to cheat. I Really, if I was brave enough, the conversation would be, hey, let's have more fun in the bedroom. But, you know, how when you're younger and no one's taught you to say that. So I think it's really important because a lot of the people that do speak with me have cheated or are cheating. And they don't want to, but they're just, they're, they're not getting their needs met. Yeah. And they're not even strong enough to ask for their needs met. Like some clients are like, she doesn't even want me to touch her down there. Um, I enjoy it, but she doesn't like it because her mother, then when you dig deeper, she has been sexually shaming her saying, if you are to sleep with men, you're not good enough. And our deepest fear, so we're born with two fears, fear of loud noises, fear of falling. You can write that down. Our spiritual fears are I'm not enough and I won't be loved. So anything on a spiritual level that triggers those fears in relationship, we put our walls up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's bad. That's the two fears. I've never heard it put that way before. That's, that's good. So I remember us when we were talking at the, when we bumped into each other um, recently and we were talking about the boys and I was uh, in your industry and I was saying, I think that there'd be a lot of challenges around that because um, A, they're not an animal, they're a human being. Mm -hmm. And as women, they're, they're giving women their fantasy that they're not receiving. And then on top of that, it would be really, at the end of the day, they want love just like you know, a stripper would want love. Everyone wants love, but how do you even get to form a relationship like that? Because of your career, you need two people that are very centered and grounded within themselves and have complete trust for one another. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what Veronica's talking about there, the company I work for at the weekend is Magic Men, where it's a male, they like to call it a male review company. I've never heard it called a review before, but anyway, male strippers. That's, that's who I'm working with. So I've, there's a few podcasts I've done with them and some of the boys have partners and some do not. Um, and some like to keep that part of their life off social media completely for the sake of their business, which is, you know, being a stripper. Um, but yeah, there's a few of the boys and we, we spoke about this um, a few of the boys that act, are in relationships with females that are strippers themselves so there's that understanding that it's the similar industry it's like you know lawyers dating lawyers or cops dating cops and it's like you know there's an understanding of what you go through 
um, in this industry. And if there's that understanding there, it somewhat makes it, I suppose, easier. 100%. 100%. Because they, they understand that it's just business. Now, how could I completely understand what my partner is doing? It's just business. I, yes, I could with my mindset, but it would take a very integrated human being to be able to do that. Mm. Yeah. If they weren't in the industry. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And how do you become an integrated human being? Well, it's about being really honest and truthful with yourself. Yeah. Fundamentally, the best relationship is the one with yourself. So the level of trust you'll have for a partner is the level of trust that you have for yourself. It really is that simple. So um, people, you know, if you, because remember, it's all projection of fears, right? So if you think your partner is cheating on you or doing something, it's really your projection of, I don't trust myself, that this is the right person that I've chosen that um, will be there for me. And it triggers something of, I'm not enough or I won't be loved, which then also can stem from the parents, you know, depending on how they were loved and what strategies the parents put them through in order to love them. Like, did they have to, was arguing normal and that was a way of showing love and the other person's like, no, I just want to be meditating and pray all day because we don't, we, we avoid confrontation in our family. We've got two people that have different dynamics and then have that conversation around those dynamics. Integrate that in your relationship. Integrate that within you. We've got light and dark, right? So when you talk about integration, I'm light, I'm friendly, I'm joyful, I'm loving, I'm caring, I'm affectionate, I'm playful, I'm all those things. I'm also the dark side. So I can be angry and I can be frustrated and I can be loud. If we don't own parts of our shadows and we're like, no, I'm just a nun and I'm sitting here and everything is perfect, right? When we have a dark side, the level of light and dark that we can integrate and the level of truth that we see in ourselves, the level of divine we can see in another because how can I judge another human for this? How can I tell, oh, God, look at that mum. She's yelling at her child when I've yelled at my child. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. the integration. Yeah, very good. Being <laughs> self, self-aware. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's <laughs> awesome stuff here. Jesus, we're off, we're off, the, off to the races here. So we are. Um, and yeah, like, you know, uh, you know, because I've I've been in a relationship where I have cheated and, you know, I've been quite open about that as well. And my last relationship that we I ended up in the counseling with, like I, that relationship stemmed out of the cheating one. And, it, you know, it got off to, I suppose, a rocky start. And you always hear people will say once a cheater, always a fucking cheater. Yeah, well, that's that was the stick. It, it, it kind of set us off. In, in a bad foot because that was held over me. Ah, okay. You, you know. Well, then that person is not there ready for you because we, oh, so it's like I did this post the other day about if your part husband slept with a prostitute, should he tell you? And all these people went into town about it, right? Yeah. But the understanding in NLP, we always say um, everyone's doing the best that they can with the resources that they have. We call this the, um, it's a presupposition and we call it like the forgiveness one. Until you know better, you don't do better. And if I'm not willing to forgive you and take you in and say your past does not equal your future and the, the person that I'm with today, we're rolling out the red carpet and creating something new, then I can't be integrated enough to be with you because I'm holding that old story into the present moment. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that, that was it. That was uh, like for me, in the relationship I was in prior, there was a lot of things that just I w- weren't fulfilling. 
you know, and it became. I think you loved this woman. I think you really did love her. I think there was a definite strong chemistry there for you, especially to go to couples counseling, because not many men are very open to doing that process. But once they start, they love it. They love it more than the women because the women are getting triggered left, right, and center because she's like, oh, I just thought I was coming because it was all him. And then I'm like, bang, bang, bang. And she's just like, they're like, oh, I don't want to keep on doing this. And then the guy's like, no, I want to keep on doing this. This is great. You are 100% right. Like I, I was in, I've been in previous relationship, but my last one with that particular girl, 100% in love. Like, even though that that's, that the, the cheating stuff was held over me, it was like, I went on holidays to Bali myself for a week. I was on a weightlifting camp and she was like, you go do what you want. But I'm like, yeah, well, and there was occasions where stuff was going on. We were all out and about, but I was like, I've got a girlfriend and I cannot wait to get back to her. And it was just like, I felt it, you know, you get these uh, thoughts in your head, like, I can have kids with this girl. I can marry this girl. That was off the cards when anyone else I met before. I'd, I'd avoided like the plague. Someone to talk about kids, I'd leave the fucking room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so this, yeah, 100%, that last relationship I was in, it actually, you know, even though it's ended now, what I say I've always taken away from it is I've that ability now. I know that I'm not scared of that commitment, even though the relationship has ended like whenever it that comes around again and it will i 100 know it will i'm not afraid and i know what i'm looking for almost now you know so that's been that's been the benefit it's been, it was like heart-wrenching and it was it was like we went through we, we broke up we got back together we broke up we got we've done it so many times um but there was still a lot of positives taken away and sometimes you meet the perfect person in, in a season that's not ideally right. And then you might walk away, go work on yourselves. And if I always say to people, if it, what is yours will always find you. And you've just got to trust the process with this. So it's kind of like with quantum physics and love, you can have that connection as soon as you meet someone and you don't even need, because space and time doesn't matter. You can be halfway across the world and still have that connection with somebody. So it just might mean that your season with that person is not meant to be reconnected into the actual uh, physical form, but you're still connected from a quantum form. So if this woman is for you, she may go off and do the work she needs to do. You're integrating what you need to do, and then you'll come back together in wholeness. There you go. Mm. You never know, right? But I always say keep it open because you don't really know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, that's the way I definitely feel now. It's like we went through a, a massive phase of kind of connecting, reconnecting. And, you know, it, 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 we kind of, it's left now to the gods, yeah. you know, and I'm happy with that. There's no, there's, there, there isn't Anthony and me that's like, oh, still holding on. We had the last interaction was a good interaction. It kind of like closed the chapter. Yeah. Um, and it felt good. It felt good. It's like, okay. And like, like what you're saying there, if in the future it's supposed to be, it can still be. But for now, I'm very happy on my, on my own journey. Yeah, of course. 100%. Perfect. Now, there's also like, there's been occasions when I put up stuff. I'm pretty vocal online and I've, I've got a lot of Irish people that follow me. And sometimes I get like Irish lads reaching out to me, seeking some advice on relationships and I, I typically find with boys that they you know first of all they can find it quite hard to ch- communicate and talk and even like you know reaching out to someone like myself takes effort takes effort so I, I, I don't know what has your experience been with males like you know you know males that's maybe struggling in a relationship 
that there's there's things going on in the relationship that they're they're not quite happy with, but they're just going along. You know, what what has your experience been with that? So it's really challenging because I find that when I do work with the male one-on-one, he'll be very open with me. And often the clients will say to me, the things I've told you, I've never told another person. And it's a sense of relief for them. A lot of the time, because the masculine male is here to look after the family, they just plod along and go through the motions because they're afraid essentially that if they speak up, the relationship might dissolve or they might be emasculated um and it's it's hard because unfortunately society has already conditioned men to not speak up and show emotions which is then created i mean men want respect and women want love mm. but when a man feels like he can't express himself then he's holding back that love and fundamentally women want the love okay yeah they get avoided they push people away keep them at an arm's length yeah and the other thing is as well with men particularly the reason like I find when we are speaking and I say to them, how come you've never spoken about this with your girlfriend or your wife? And they're like, they don't use this term, but this is the term. I'm too afraid to be weaponized, which means as soon as I tell you my most vulnerable secret, you hold it against me and you throw it in my face. So that's weaponizing in a relationship. That's the term. Once someone's doing that, it's just gut-wrenching to the other human. So we can do that. Male and females can do that to one another, but it's like the lowest form of, uh bullying well a better word yeah yeah that's nasty nasty stuff i i I, like i have had two housemates living with me recently and they were a couple and i i I noticed a lot that she was doing that she wanted him to be more open to her but you could like the conversations and the arguments happened so regularly um and you know when he would open up he was considered too sensitive, mm. you know, uh, and That's that very, I'll, very common. And it's like, you need to hold space for that. Yeah. And I don't think as women were taught how to hold space for that. Mm. And then they come to you and they share something and you're just like, because then it's like, you don't see me as strong anymore. You see me as weak and vulnerable. Yeah, it was, it was, it was hard. I became a little bit of a mediator in it as well. Cause I'd be, I'd be like, no, he like, you've wanted him to talk, let him talk in a little bit of a way and it's like the things she was asking him to do when he did do them she wasn't happy with them and it, it was just uncomfortable very uncomfortable like you know they, they've since moved out and they've gone their separate actual separate ways but yeah like it's he want he wanted to do these things but then when it came to the time like he was just shot down and that yeah weaponizing like she would do that she would weaponize what he would say but I dare say, without knowing her, but looking at the patterns, because we're all patterns. Sorry, I've got like this dry piece of skin here. I don't know. Um, um, either she had a very critical mother or father, which made her, where she grew up in an environment where nothing was good enough. So any person that was in a relationship, therefore, whatever they did would be nothing that's good enough because it's your own projection. Oh, interesting. Critical parent. Uh, you're not good enough this isn't good enough and maybe even one parent that didn't hold space or was allowed to speak up which is why not able to be able to do that so a lot of people's behaviors are based on parental 
Correct. Current parental traits or the way they were reared, basically, is the way I'd say it. Hundred percent. So my current partner, his parents have been together. So we met actually, and this is why I say to you, and I give you this hope: whatever is yours will find you. We worked in that finance company when we were about. I was like twenty-two, and he was maybe twenty-five. And he liked me and I was like, I'm in a relationship. And I remember I was going to summer days and he's like, you need to come and see me down in Turkey. I'm like, no, I'm going to a dance party, mate. I'm going to see you late. I'm yeah, not yeah. coming. Yeah. And then anyway, we went off. He got married. Um, I was in that relationship. We both uh, ended our relationships a few months apart. Didn't even know. And then we met at a personal development event. And then we just hit it off from that and became really good friends something like 10, no, 13, 12 years later. So that's why I say, now we always say if we got together then, sure, the intimacy would have been there, but we as people wouldn't probably have worked out as well as we have because we had to go off and learn and deal with our own stuff. And, and we didn't even realize how aligned our values are, which is why I say whatever is yours will find you. But his fundamental belief, because he grew up in a family where his mum and dad met at 16 and have been together for like nearly 50 years, not 45 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Best boyfriend, girlfriends, like, and so they uh, built businesses, done so many things together, gone through highs and lows. His model of the world is when you pick a partner, you're with them through thick and thin. But he'll also say to you that at that time, the person that he picked, there were red flags and he he chose, and this is the biggest message I want to give to people. He he thought like many men think, once I marry her, she'll be different. Once I marry her, she'll cook and clean, even though she didn't cook and clean before she was, when you were married. No, mate, she's not going to do that. <laughs> she's not going to change. She's showing you who she is. You're just living in hope. And he's showing you who he is and you're just living in hope. People don't change after they get married. Now, they lost some children and that's what probably caused their separation, my partner and I, my, my, my partner's ex-wife. And, you know, but everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And because his model was you pick someone and you're together forever, that's what he, that's one of his highest values. So that's what he believes in. Yeah. Okay. And with, with a situation like that, for anyone that will be listening, you know, maybe they can see traits that their parents have, but they, that they don't necessarily want to follow or, you know, should maybe they're recognizing, okay, there's, there's certain things I'm doing here that my mom would have done or my dad would have done. Well, first or, of all, or you do the flip side. Say your parents were in a committed relationship, but they weren't. So his parents are happy, right? But say they were really miserable. It was abusive. Then that person will be like, I don't want to let anybody in because love is scary. Love involves abandonment. Love involves not, um, I'm, I'm trapped. Love feels like, you know, so then they'll avoid it. So what happens is then you'll just go and date people and you've got that best few, it's up to three years where you're in that honeymoon phase and the oxytocin's there and the intimacy's there. But like anything, that phase dies off after about three years and you go to another phase, which is a more committed phase. Now, majority of people, they might be serial daters and they change every three years because they just want to search for that drug again. Jesus, I think I'm on that drug. <laughs> <laughs> Christ almighty. Um, yeah, okay. Very interesting. Very interesting. Because uh, I was going to ask about that because, you know, you hear about this honeymoon phase that you last for something. So you're saying that that uh, possibly about three years is the typical. Up to about three years is the tipping point. And then 
couples move into a different phase and um, chemicals change within the body. I don't want to state the exact ones because I may get them wrong, but chemically we change. Now you move to a more committed level, but if commitment feels scary to you or not enough variety or you're seeking, you want that uncertainty, then you will unconsciously um, sabotage the relationship. Yeah, you'll be doing it unknowingly but knowingly yeah okay and yeah all right and if people are not looking for that committed relationship like because the the world that we live in today open relationships polyamory this is the buzzword people being gay bisexual whatnot it's just it seems everyone has a little bit of something going on yeah you know um what would be advice on navigating something like that like you, you maybe maybe you're in a relationship and you want to spice things up by bringing another person in, what would be the way to approach that? Um, first of all, so I would, because um, I've actually experienced this. So what I will tell you is in order for that to happen and for it to be successful, the two people together would need to feel very safe and comfortable with each other. So if the, the person, if the two couple, the couple did not feel safe with one another and they brought somebody in, it would just heighten all the insecurity that was already in the relationship and therefore could really impact the relationship. Now, if that person has a sex, sexual preference and they do want to bring other people into the relationship and this person doesn't want to do that, then they're just not aligned in that area. And that's okay. I also want to share this tip with your audience and say that if you are on Tinder and you're going to meet up with someone and you just want to have a one night stand with them, just tell her because chances are, she probably wants to have a one-night stand with you too. So yeah. guys or girls, just be honest and upfront. It, you know, then you don't need to ghost each other. It doesn't need to be awkward. It doesn't need to be weird. And chances are you might end up getting together because you were honest with each other from the beginning of what your intentions are. And your intentions might change throughout that process. So that would be those two. In terms of poly, poly is suited to some people mm. as long as the rules are very clear. So I have known couples that have begun to swing, like so they swap partners, and then one couple just felt like there was a stronger connection. So then they both left their husbands and wives and the other two people got together and now they're a new family, they've integrated, they've had new children. Um, when I was talking with them, they said to me, we weren't clear, the couples that broke up, they said the learning from that was we weren't clear with the rules. Mm. so they were having sex behind our backs while we didn't know that they were having sex and stuff like that so any of that is possible as long as the rules are really clear and the foundation of the couple is solid okay they want to swing or bring anyone into the bedroom yeah and then there could be even with swinging rules okay i'm really happy for you to do all of this but don't kiss her on the neck because that's our special place or i'm really happy for you to do this but don't do that with him so or i'm really happy for us to do it but not to we, we do it separately and then we come together. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. I haven't given that a crack yet now. But. <laughs> but it is having these very open, vulnerable, raw conversations that majority of us are not having. And I think women feel a bit of shame if I was to hallucinate and say they feel a little bit of shame and a little bit of guilt to mm. have these conversations. And I think if we're not having them, well, then we're just kind of suffering. We're not living in silence. We're living in pain and in silence. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, and I think it's um, I think it's a good point you made that like you know just be upfront and honest. It's just don't. It's the most simple 
advice to give someone. But yeah, like just about like if you just want a one night stand, fucking just say it. I don't yeah. know how many, many times I've, I've like you're chatting with a lad and he's he's he said he's manufactured what he needs to say to get a girl, uh, and then he's like he's he's got what he wanted, and then he's not about it anymore, and then. Girl, like fellas wonder why girls are so standoffish and so like because if the if this is repeated behavior that they're receiving from different guys they're like well fuck him i'm not gonna i go near him words i know for a fact my own like success with females is being honest like that yeah. let's just meet up for a night and just have the crack and that's have the crack <laughs> um, and that's it and the response i've got from pretty much the majority of girls is perfect that's all i'm down for you know and that's it girls want the same things just as much as guys correct yes. and remember when he doesn't call her after she's had sex with him thinking she wants he wants to have a relationship it's triggering back her it's triggering back her spiritual fear i'm not enough and i won't be loved but worse then she feels like i just gave you my body i gave you my connection and you don't want to even spend any time with me or show me that you care for me or love me all this yada yada mm. stories so it's just having that honest conversation. Absolutely. With everything. Yeah. I don't want to have kids. Uh, another guy, um, they were married for 17 years. He's 39 now. And he's like, she told him when she was, uh, when he was like 28, 29, I don't want to have kids. She thought that that would change. And now they're separating because she doesn't still want to have kids. And he's like, my, I, I do want to have kids. And I'm at 39. And yeah, I thought, and he's like, I thought she would change. I'm like, she wasn't going to change. She said it from the very beginning. She was honest, but he wasn't listening. Honest. He wasn't listening. Okay. And, that, and that's an important element here as well. The receiving of the information. Are you listening to what's been said? Many times has that happened where people completely misconstrue the information that's been said and like, oh, they're joking. They're like, they, they don't mean that. But if someone's saying it, they probably fucking mean it. Correct. Yeah. Well, and this is the other thing, because I do have children and um, I very openly, like, so a lot of, you know, now it is common if you're going to meet someone, they might have kids, they might not have kids. But you've got to be really honest with yourself. Like, I don't, I can't take children into my life right now. And there's nothing wrong with saying that to a woman or saying that to a man and having that honest conversation then, making something work that isn't going to work correct or it might be you're, you you might meet them and you're not ready for that but then like you said you met the right woman it evolved for you then you're like i want to have children i want to so it, it depends where people are in their growth cycle as well but um i think we just need to have more raw conversations honesty looking at lifestyles looking at communication looking at can this person do the job so because of what I do, I work a lot. And so I can't meet just any person because they're going to be like, oh, I want to go and do this on the weekend. I'm like, I've got to work on this. So I'm working on that. So you've got to ask yourself, does this person, can this person, do we align? Can we communicate our values in alignment? Can they do the job? And do they fit into what I'm looking for and what they're looking for? Exactly. There's no harm. There's no harm in that. Yeah. Yeah, I've had an experience there recently where like a, a girl wanted to meet up. We, we met up for one date, but I, I wasn't interested in after that. And 
I, I basically, she said, oh, we never rearranged the second date. You know, when do you want to do that? And I was like, to be honest, I'm not interested uh, anymore. And like that, that was the start. That was the end of it. Like, you know, and apparently I heard from our friends that, oh, that was a terrible thing to say. But I, I, I said exactly what I meant. And I don't know, what, what do you think? Was that a bad thing to say? I don't think it was. I was no. honest. I didn't ghost her. I just said I wasn't interested. But I, the feedback I got from our mates was, oh, you were terrible to say that. And I'm like, well, fucking, geez, what are you supposed well, to do now? What's worse than sleep with her for three months when you're not interested, waste her time, get her emotionally attached, then me, and then she's like, oh, you broke my heart. That's exactly my thinking. I've done her a favor. I didn't, I didn't continue something that I wasn't interested in. And I didn't put myself into a situation where I didn't want to be. Correct. You know, wasting her time and wasting my own. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I, when you say have a real raw conversation, I get in trouble for the rawness of sometimes my conversations. But I think it saves a lot of bullshit down the road. Because I was, when I was younger, you know, put me back, not even, not even 10 years ago, five years ago. I would have been dancing around certain subjects and afraid to talk about them. But because I, like, I've hurt people on my journey, I've cheated on that partner before I ended up with my last partner. Like if I was actually honest and from the very beginning, and there were so many opportunities, so many times to be like, you know what, this isn't working. And even she would have brought them up. Are you, like, are you sure this is what you want to happen? But I was, I felt like I needed to say the things that she wanted to hear, which we're not aligning with what I wanted at all, you know? So and what, what happens in the end? People get hurt. Exactly. So in NLP, we say that there's no mistakes in life, just feedback. Mm. And once you start to look at life like that in any situation, in any area of your life, you're like, there's no mistakes, just feedback. What have I learned from this? And what learning can I take moving forward? And if somebody isn't mature enough to have their, their honesty given to them, that's okay. You, as long as you feel whole within you, then that's the most important thing. Yeah. And every relationship teaches you something in order for you to evolve to the next one. Exactly. So if, you, if you're dating someone, the more partners they've had, the better almost. Correct, because there's all learnings from it. Yeah, They'll get good. more clear to what they I now 100% am so clear with what I want and what I need versus where I was at 24. Like I remember with that 10-year relationship, we broke up uh, when I was 24 and I was too scared. So I went back. But in reflection, I think I gave myself another four years of just going through the motion instead of having that being honest with myself and giving myself that time. Yeah. But that's okay. It was all part of the learnings. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and just quickly, just off topic, well, kind of on topic, NLP. Can you give me an, an explanation of what that is? Neuro linguistic programming. That's what it stands for. Yeah. So we're working with the neuro, which is the mind, linguistics, linguistics, which is our language, and the programming. So we are all thoughts and patterns. Um, and fundamentally, it's about, it's really a mindset, mindset shift and about dropping all your old emotional stories. And we do this thing in the process where we do timeline therapy and remove your negative emotions of anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, and any other ones that come on board. And in NLP, we're bringing you back to your, you have all the resources inside of you to achieve anything that you want. So we clear it all out. I teach someone strategies on what to look for, how to build rapport, how to under, because how to uh, understand someone's physiology 
which is 55% of communication, and then tonality is 37%. So people look at the words. Words are only 8% of communication. Mm -hmm. It's really what's the other 92% telling you? And when you, you get to the point where I now know, like when someone's speaking with me, whether they're engaged or not, I can tell if someone is attracted to me without them even saying a word. You can start to match breathing, all these different. So NLP is a set of a toolbox of strategies to help you live a more whole and integrated life and to drop all your stories when we do timeline therapy. Very good. So Very good. therapy essentially works on, you go to see the therapist, they talk about the past, they talk about the trauma. Um, uh, coaching and NLP is all about now and moving forward. What's outcome-based? What's the goal? What do we need to focus on? And dropping those stories and getting the learnings from them in order to move forward with life. I think every person should do NLP. Now, the more I think about it, because 80 to 90% of society live in effect. Oh, I had a shitty childhood. That's why I'm like this. Or, oh, I didn't grow up with this. Or my background. Or my husband. Or my kids. Or blah, 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 blah. But when you're at cause, you're like, I'm 100% responsible for my life. I'm 100% responsible for the results that I achieve day in and day out. Now, I can be being really raw and honest during COVID, I was a bit at effect, right? And so I didn't look after my health and everything. Now I'm back at course, 5.30 in the gym, doing the training thing, because I'm like, no, results, results. I just want the result. No more excuses. It's just about achieving your result. And that's when your values, so even with health, you might have two people that don't have health alignment values. One person's like, I want to be at the gym six times a week. And the other person's like, I couldn't think of anything worse. Mm. So those that as a couple, they're going to have... Uh, you live totally different lives if one of you is training and one of you isn't. So NLP, we go through the values. We do values that we spend a lot of time and I teach people the levels of consciousness and we're all in different levels of consciousness and we're all evolving and we look at something called um, the map of consciousness by David Hawkins and where we sit on, I was showing this to another client before, where we sit collectively, we're sitting at about 200. But for example, if you're full of anger, you're, if you're, you're sitting at 150 is your vibration, you're at hate and you're just all, you know, if you're in fear, you're at 100, even, yeah, because that was 150 and you're full of anxiety and you're, all your decisions are coming from a really frightening space. So we want to get you to, well, I like to get to neutrality. I tell people, we well, just trust. Like yeah. I said to you with that girl, if it's meant to work out, it will. And it's all fine. Or you can even get to like acceptance. Like you're like, oh, well, like, now my ex and I'm like, we are forgiven him. We're in a beautiful place. And it's just harmonious. Like we text, we're being great parents. We're co-working together. But it wasn't initially like that. He was hurt after our separation. And hurt people do hurt things. And that's okay. But remember, it was also my projection. Because when we change our projections of somebody, we change how they will interact with us. So if I walk around going, Damien's a shit person, he's shit, doesn't do this, doesn't, well, of course, you're going to feel that and you're going to be like that to me. But if I walk around and go, he's amazing, he's so loving, oh, my God, I can, I feel so, like I communicate with him, you're going to feel that and you're going to bring that. Yeah. and so That's a bit of NLP and a bit of consciousness and a bit of, yeah. yeah. It's a lot around your beliefs. So one of the things is, when I have people walk into the room with me, if I don't 100% believe that they will have change, whether whatever they're coming to me for with the trainings or if it's one-on-one, -on -one, then I'll say to them, we can't work together. Straight up. Yeah, because my beliefs are a transfer to them. If I don't believe that they can achieve their goal or outcome, mm -hmm. then that's going to transfer to them. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, you're not wasting their time. You're, they're not wasting yours. You Correct. can 
you can you can give that time to someone that you feel is right on your on your level right now no someone that wants to achieve results in their life they're living at cause not someone that's coming to me going i'm at effect i'm at effect uh so i don't know if you do any coaching but if you do when we do nlp coaching we give them tasking right uh, so in therapy, you don't get tasking. You just go see the psychologist every week and they listen to your problem. But in coaching, we give them a task. If they don't complete the task, I say to them, don't come next week till you complete it because you're teaching them to be a cause. Mm, very good. I'm going to apply that in my own coaching, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. And I just posted this before. Uh, I wonder if you can see it. It's just on my story. But this is how through any breakthrough, what will happen is, where is it? Uh, you will go through, it's the cycle of change. I don't know if you can see it there properly, but you can see you, you kind of go up, then you go down. It, it's like that's the real pain point that forces you to change, and then you'll rise even further up higher. So you've just got to trust the process. And I said in order to move to another level, um, it requires a certain level of discomfort. That's right. Yeah, and just for anyone that is listening to this right now, Veronica showed us a little bit of a graph there where it was flatlined and then the change pit dipped down, the graph went down, um, which is the discomfort that you're describing. But then as it leveled back up, it went beyond the flat line before. So you actually moved to a higher level. So in order to change, you need to get uncomfortable. It needs to be a bit of a struggle almost, but the results will, will count then. Correct. So I was looking in another group um, earlier uh, today and a lady said, I'm really unhappy in my relationship. I want to leave my husband, but I don't know how I'm going to financially support myself. And everyone was commenting. And I said to my partner, I said, I can understand. Okay, she's got young children. She, he's financially providing for her. What is she meant to do? And you know what he even said to me? He goes, yeah, but can you imagine 20 years later, how much of her life she just sold out for being a bit of financial discomfort? because time is your greatest asset so when you tell a girl mate you're not for me she should be going thank you yeah woo! he was honest with me yeah woo! not going he's an asshole i know fucking <laughs> <laughs> and that's true i'm telling you like this is great but you know you're a great catch because you're honest with the girl yeah yeah maybe yeah and that's it. And like, I, I would prefer them to be honest with me. Like, you know, I, I'm in an industry now where, you know, you need a th thick skin. And the guys that work in the club at the weekend, girls are, once, once they have a few drinks in them, they are honest. And it's very easy to see when a girl is not about you. And they'll say it. I was, I've been called all sorts of things on a night out. And I'm like, that, that's cool. That's cool. Maybe you're going to like Zach over here. Or maybe you're <laughs> going to like Jonathan this side. But it's a mixed bag. Every, not everyone likes everyone. And that's absolutely fine. But then I know when there is ones that do like me, they're all about me. Yeah, so that's the thing that I I understand that so it's absolutely fine. It's a very like it's a very kind of superficial world that I work in at the weekends, but it's kind of taught me a lot of stuff as well, and it's 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 made me super comfortable with it. I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea, and that rule will apply to everybody. Correct, hmm. but the perfect person is praying for you. That's why I keep on telling people that that I'm like. Some people think I talk too much or I'm loud. I'm like. That's okay. I'm not for them because the people that have dated me for long periods of time have never once said to me, talk too much or you're too uh, loud or whatever. They're like, majority of the time, I think they're introverts and they love the balance. It works out really well. So I bring them out and they bring, you know, um, they bring me back in. So it kind of like when someone's honest with you, thank them. 
absolutely. Yeah. I'm about that. I'm about it. Giddy up. Um, and just kind of want to top, uh, touch on a topic like, of, you know, separating. Yeah. You know, so like, like I've, I've gone through it recently. What? It sucks. Oh, it sucks. Like, major oh. <laughs> It's no good. And then that's something I've, I've gone through like uh, myself uh, recently. And yeah, it's been a, a long time kind of getting over it and dealing with it. But Especially when you really love it or there's yes. kids involved. Like no one want, goes into the relationship to go, hey, I want to break up with you. But it kind of comes to the point, how much pain am I going to take before it's just over? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think with you in that one, I don't know. I, I just get a feeling and I'm just going to go with this, that the season's not closed yet, but you two got work to do. Okay, okay. But it's a, a lot more on her than you this time. Yes. I just get that feeling. I've got to go with that. That's what is coming up for me. Yeah. So on our last interaction, she kept saying to me, you've changed so much. And I said back to her. a compliment. I know. I was like, and she didn't like it, but I'm like, I'm loving my changes. Um, And I pretty much said, you haven't changed at all. Uh, You know? Um, And it was... There was certain things in contact with where like there was a there was certain books people put me onto like attached and um, how to do the work all that sort of stuff so I've, I've i've gone on my own little journey there and you know I, i've said maybe because i know she's had from her own childhood quite traumatic she's been through a fair bit so maybe like try to listen to that book but then it was like she read she listened to the book or read the book and she was oh i have all the answers but then when i met her a few months later it's like you haven't the answers like it, the, the stuff that you've realized takes work now and it's not just a simple light switch on and off i i know that myself my own stuff comes from me, me and my mom not speaking for 16 years and yeah it's been it was a long fucking time and I, my thing was my mom abandoned me when i was younger but in actual fact it was me that fucking abandoned her when she needed me, when she was going through her, we'd say there was alcohol and whatnot involved. Um, she I needed- my mum was an alcoholic. I even took her to rehab, which is, yeah, which probably is why I was not understanding how functioning relationships work uh, when a child is then asked to take that of a parent and the parent's there to support the child. It does bring up abandonment. It would 100% and commitment and fear of like, it wasn't that, I want to reframe you a little bit you didn't really abandon her because mm. it's back to us as parents to be able to manage our emotions. But from an NLP perspective, she was doing the best that she could with the resources that she had. And she probably had her own trauma. And if you're going to thank her for uh, abandoning you, you better thank her for the resilience that she gave you, the strength, being not being a wallflower sitting in the room, but getting out there, meeting people, because all of that gave you all of this. You're right. You're right. And me and my mum now have a fucking great relationship because we have spoke about all of this now and we've we've dug through it, which has been in, only in the last couple of years, really. I'm 30. I'm turning 38 this year. And for like, as I said, that's a that's a lot of years not speaking to the person who gave birth to you. Like, you know? And let me tell you, she lives with regret. Mm. as I said in my own mum and now my mum is like literally like the most amazing grandmother does everything people are like you're so lucky she picks up my kids takes them to school drops them or all this stuff to help me and she I can tell you that if your mum is in Australia when you do have children she just want to be there for you because she lives with a lot of regret and she probably eats herself up all the time that she wasn't able to give you the space 
mm. and love that you needed and the support that you needed. Yeah. Oh, I feel that now for sure. And it's, as I said, like it's, it's, it's so good now. And because that, that relationship is, there's still work. There's definitely still work, but it's now when we get on a conversation on the phone, we laugh mm. and before it'll be like hostile and hangups. Mm. you know but it's like it's so good and i feel it in myself with my own relationships with other women now it's it's changed it's it's my view being in relationships before would have been okay there's, there's a point in time where this is going to go tits up and i need to protect myself from it you know but uh, the more you heal that relationship the more you're going to be able to let the woman of your dreams into your life bingo mm. <laughs> giddy up giddy up well listen Veronica we've been chatting for nearly an hour now and I don't want to hold up too much more of your time but I'd like to add like if if, if there's takeaways from your coaching with people what would be the main piece I know I'm sure there's loads of pieces of information but what would be the main thing that you would say to people to kind of help them on their path one turn your expectations into appreciations write a gratitude list for everything that you're grateful for from your partner and so the next time when they're triggering you or they're annoying you look at that list because they're probably doing a million amazing things and communicate those amazing things to them because men love appreciation ladies and the more you appreciate them the more that they do for you communicate your needs communicate what you want in a relationship how you want to be spoken to the things that you want talk you know have those open frank conversations that would be number one to the couples and to the single people out there you know just remember someone is always you'll meet the perfect person in the perfect time so just keep on working evolving evolving yourself and don't be afraid to have a challenging conversation and let me just tell you it doesn't matter what's happened to you in the past you're worthy of love and you're enough fantastic that is so good. I love it. Thank you so much. And Veronica, where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me on all social media platforms. So Facebook under Veronica Bennett, um, Instagram, Veronica Bennett official or LinkedIn, as well as my website, www.veronicabennett.com.au. Um, and I'd be more than happy to have a confidential chat with anyone in relation to anything that's coming up for them. Just know that majority of people their deepest secrets are the same as someone else's deepest secret it's just because yeah. it's your deepest secret you don't know that yeah very good and i'll put all those links in the show notes below and this podcast is it's going to be on all platforms so um if you want to get in touch with veronica i i'd recommend it like i've been following your stuff for so long and it was just by chance that i bumped into you in um, altona gate there and we've set up this conversation and i would really like to do another one in the future as well because i have found this super beneficial amazing maybe when you're in a relationship i can give you some advice some tips giddy up <laughs> well listen Veronica, thank you so much for being on today it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much damien you take care giddy up <laughs>